1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: Fly flip fly over flip fly over flip fly Chuck, it's
1: been a long journey. But it's time for you to step down. You don't know what you're doing. You can't get out of a hole by digging down further into the hole. You're in a disgrace to your father, to your family, to Ed Snyder. You're treated for Tony D'Angelo. You bought out Oscar Lindblom. You didn't even try for Johnny Gaudreau. You know why they call him Johnny Hockey? You know why they call him that, Chuck? Because he's great at hockey. Listen, Chuck, you seem like a nice guy. You really do. But you've turned the Philadelphia Flyers, into a laughing stock There's no number of two-touch POS systems that can help you at this point. Shut it down!
0: Tell him, John Taffer. Tell him.
1: Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad Bar Rescue's Let John Taffer know. could show up to this episode right here. You know, John Taffer, fr- friend of the show. Friend of the show. I don't agree good with him of the show. on anything except for yeah. two-touch POS systems, but uh, good friend <laughs> of the show. And he loves this Vegas Golden Knights, right?
0: He loves the Golden Knights. He was sitting next to the penalty box, coincidentally, um, pretty much like every single night at every game. And we know he's a friend of the show. We know he's an he's a avid listener. Hello, John. He's the flipaniac. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the reason this whole thing got started. <laughs> it's true. Um, he bankrolled sure, the whole thing. Yeah. I'm sure he is going to listen to this and be very proud of your impression of him.
1: I sure hope so. And, you know, <laughs> Congratulations. To Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers for making me feel something about this hockey team for the first time in a long time. I'm usually pretty nice to this team, I, you know. I, I I usually am a pretty forgiving guy because I try to be an optimistic guy in life, and you can see all the people that remain as optimistic as possible have even been broken this week. There's a, a great moment on the the Good Place when. Cheety goes, this broke me. And that's how I feel this week. Like, this broke me. This seemed to have broken Charlie, Bill Meltzer. Just people you don't expect to be broken by this team have been completely annihilated, smashed to pieces. Because this feels different. This is not the same mediocrity, mediocrity as usual. That's just not getting Johnny Gaudreau, and we're going to get into that. But it's a huge L in the Flyers column. People deify Ed Snyder in a ridiculous way, a completely absurd fashion. Okay, but this is a situation where you can undoubtedly say that Ed Snyder would not have let this happen. Ed Snyder absolutely would not have let this happen. He would not have let an amazingly talented local guy, maybe the most talented hockey player to ever come out of this area who wanted to come home and play for the Flyers, not play for the Flyers. He would not have let that happen. ESPN's Emily Kaplan reported multiple times that Gaudreau wanted to come to Philadelphia. The rumored teams for Johnny's services before he ended up going to the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is still (laughs) mind-blowing, as we'll get into, were the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders. So he wanted to be in this general area, near his family, near where he grew up. It was very obvious. And I think he has a baby on the way, right? He has a child on the way. Like it, it, he wants to be near his family. Okay, it couldn't be more obvious. I saw something on Twitter about Johnny's wife working as a pediatric nurse, and he picked Columbus because it has a great children's hospital. You know what other city has a great children's hospital that Johnny Gaudreau might have wanted to go to? Philadelphia with Chop, one of the best children's hospitals in the entire entire United States, if not North America. It, it's it's just comical.
0: It's insane. And it's like we we have talked about ad nauseum over the last couple of years about like, oh, you know, fill in big ticket free agent name here would never want to come to Philadelphia because it's Philadelphia and it's not New York and it's not like Tampa or it's not Vegas. It's not like one of those premier destinations. And finally, it happened. A 115 point player. He just came up with 115 point season. A. Player of that caliber became a free agent, and it was so obvious that he wanted to come to Philadelphia. And the Flyers decided not to make it happen. They chose not to. And l- listen, I know there are people out there saying, you know, we don't know what Chuck knew. Chuck, it was, it was much harder to make it work than, than meets the eye. That doesn't matter. When someone like Johnny Goudreau is available, you make it happen. It has to happen, especially when you're a team like the Flyers right now that has to- totally bereft of any high-end talent. You must move heaven and earth to bring in a player like that and reinvigorate the fan base. Because currently, there is no one on this team worth watching, really. Who? Like, I Don't get me wrong. I have a huge... I love Sean Couturier. And I love Kevin Hayes. Um, I love Travis Konechny. None of those players are like, don't get me wrong, they're great, they're really good players, but none of them move the needle for anybody. You know what I mean? And I hate saying that because I like them so much, but that's just how it is. Johnny Goudreau draws in eyeballs because he's so damn good at hockey. And the fact that they just didn't Maybe they did try and Chuck Fletcher was just saying, oh, you know, he I don't know why that press conference was just baffling. I don't it know why he
1: said maybe the worst press conference I have ever seen a member of the Philadelphia right. Flyers do. And I've seen some bad ones over the years. And he right. just completely punted the shit out of this press conference. It was just abysmal.
0: Like, my thing is this. If so, what he says is they were never in on Johnny Goudreau. So, if they were never in on Johnny Goudreau, you should be fired immediately because how can you not be in on the top pro- prospect, the top free agent? And he wants to come to, like, how can you not be in on that? And if what he meant was we weren't in on Johnny Gaudreau, if that, if what he meant by that was we didn't offer him a contract, you should also be fired for that. Yes. Why would you not give him a contract offer? Who knows? He, where did he, he went to Columbus for what? Uh, 9.5 million. 9.5 million. I guarantee million. you. There were rumors I guarantee you. Calvary he would have come. Yes. And like based off of that, exactly. Jersey fact, offered him more. One could imagine that he would have come to Philadelphia
1: for less
0: than nine point five million,
1: or even like nine point five eight. million is fine. Like, because you can make that work. That's not yes, insane. You that that is not like yes. fourteen million or anything. This is nine point five million. You just traded Claude Giroux, who is making what a million less than that, just a, a maybe a million and some change less than that.
0: Right, right. Like
1: yeah. you can make this contract work. And looking at this roster, who's okay? Number one, I want to know who said no. Who's the one who said, no, we're not going to do this. Because, okay, there's one explanation. There is one explanation for why you wouldn't go after Johnny Gaudreau. And that explanation is, we are not going to be competitive anytime soon. So we are going to scrap this roster for parts and restart. And we know they're not doing that. Because this moron, Chuck Fletcher has come out and said multiple times that he's going to do an aggressive retool. Well, my friend, Chuck, if you're doing an aggressive retool, why don't you get the best available free agent who wants to be here for, I don't know, not as exorbitant of a price as we previously thought it was going to be? I I just, I don't understand it at all. And... I, I don't understand. You couldn't You couldn't make things work for Johnny Gaudreau? Really? Really? Oh, you're too well, concerned the... about culture and, and think you have a good group already? Really? Who was it? Was it Clark? Yeah. Was it Holmgren? Was it Torts? Who said
0: no? Like, the problem I have with the whole thing about, like, them not being able to make it work is, like, I feel like they're looking at this, like, oh, well, if we try to buy out JVR, because really that's the main thing they had to do. Like, buy out JVR and then you can make it work.
1: If you bought out JVR... And traded, I don't know, Travis Konechny, who I like a lot. Right, right, right. But it's easily tradable and a guy you could get good draft picks for. Yes. That's enough money pretty much right there. Maybe, I don't know, move Patrick Brown? Who, what does he even do? I forget Patrick Brown exists twice a week. I know, yeah.
0: Like, it was extremely doable. And my thing is, like, I feel like they were looking at this like, oh, we can't get rid of our first-round pick. Certainly not the first-round pick. Like... Why not lottery protect it and then like trade another pick, like I don't know, like you have to you have to view this situation like it's not just doing all the like it's think of it like a trade. You're essentially trading a first round pick lottery protected and like perhaps another pick and James Van Reemsdyke for Johnny Goodrow. That's a pretty good trade. I would
1: do that trade. I, in a heartbeat. Not even any hesitation. I would do hesitation. that trade.
0: And like, I feel like they're looking at it like, oh, we can't just give away those things for nothing. It's like, you're not giving those, you're not just getting rid of those,
1: those assets. You're getting Johnny Goudreau out of it. And what's so special about Rasmus Ristolainen, who they just did this for last year, they moved heaven and earth to get Rasmus yeah. fucking Ristolainen, who I have heard he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't like him on the ice. He's not good. He's not a good hockey right. player. And they did everything in their power to bring that guy to Philly. So why wouldn't you bring the guy who would sell out your building on night one, who would have the top-selling jersey in the NHL this season? I can almost guarantee you that. Why wouldn't you do that? I I, I don't understand.
0: Well, I can tell you right now, Steve. Johnny Goudreau, he's only five foot nine. If that's what it is,
1: if it is a size issue, I will happily burn most of my Flyers gear tomorrow because I'm so fucking tired of the size of the like, oh, we need to get bigger. This team signed. So they bought out Oscar Lindblom. Let's actually let's go through the whole timeline. Okay. So we haven't but, recorded in two weeks a fly I've done like sixteen well, podcasts since Yeah, then.
0: we haven't we haven't done like a like a full like studio quote unquote version. Yes. We've done like live versions,
1: but Yes, but we haven't really just sat down and gotten to talk right. about all of this bullshit. Yeah. Because a couple weeks ago, Tony <laughs> D'Angelo I'm gonna have some fucking words about that guy, let me tell you. Tony D'Angelo, they trade a bunch of picks to get his rights as an RFA. And they signed this fucker to a two-year, $5 million a year contract. It's $10 million, $5 million a season. So that's a $5 million cap hit right there for an offensive defenseman. Okay, let's put aside the character issues, which I don't want to do, and I'll get into that. But this guy doesn't play defense. He is a defenseman who plays zero defense. And yeah. you traded valuable assets for him. And you signed him to a huge contract for I think a player of his caliber I find that a huge contract. So then, then they're like, "Well, we don't have any money. What can we do? Well, why don't we buy out one of our most popular remaining players, a guy who has just come back from one of the worst experiences we could imagine with uh, it was lymphoma that uh, Ewing uh, sarcoma
0: Ewing uh, sarcoma that's it
1: sarcoma so. You know, we've shortened it to cancer uh, for simplicity's sake, unfortunately. You know, o- Oscar Limbaugh fought through this, came back cancer-free, and he's been the best story of this team for a while, and they bought him out. And it, you can understand why, right? He's making $3 million, His contributions haven't been what we would really, you know, expect. But it still sucks. Uh, it was a hard pill to swallow, especially given the character issues with D'Angelo. But I can understand this. If you're going to bring Johnny home, okay? If this is all to get some room to bring Johnny home, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. But no, no, they didn't bring Johnny home. No, what did they do with that $3 million? They brought Justin Braun home. And they signed DeLaurier to a four-year contract for a 31-year-old goon. Four years. Are you shitting me?
0: The reaction on the live show to that breaking news happening in real time was just chef's kiss art.
1: It, it was. It, it was. It was almost it like a experiment. So, yeah.
0: It, yeah. The here, like I, I can't like th- That's what kills me. Like, listen, if the Flyers didn't get Johnny Goudreau, I'd be I'd be really annoyed. But if then they turned around and got Nazem Kadri, like, don't get me wrong. He like they would he's have He's going to get overpaid. For him. I, yeah. He's going to get overpaid. And honestly, like the way things are going right now, I wouldn't be shocked if he just like returns to Colorado. But like the way things are going if they had got if they had acquired Nazem Kadri, I wouldn't be pissed like I am now because at least they're doing something. They're bringing in a high-end player. Now granted, he's not I don't think Nazem Kadri's nearly as talented as Johnny Goudreau. but like he's a very very good player and he does make a difference on the team. And he honestly, he fits pretty much what the Flyers would want. He's like a tough dude. He he's hard nose, puts on big hits, some of them are dirty, but that's whatever. Like Who gives he's a shit? good he's, pl- that, he's a legit good player. Exactly. Like he's a legitimately good player. If they had done that, I wouldn't really be angry cuz they're doing something. The Flyers by bringing in Nick Delorier, he he's he actively makes the team worse, and they are just bringing back someone who they traded a few months ago. And this is part of the quote unquote aggressive retool. This isn't a retool. You're just you're just resupplying the team with the same garbage tools that you had before. Same shit. Different this is year. not a retool. Yeah, this is not a retool. It would, a retool, an aggressive retool in my head is you trade like a quarter of the players currently on your team and you bring in new ones in return. Like a bun, a series of hockey trades. That to me is what a an aggressive retool is. And this offseason could not have been more not that. And he like I just don't understand why Chuck Fletcher like said, that, and then just to go back to the press conference thing, like, you know, about him saying that they weren't in on Johnny Goudreau. If they weren't, that's despicable. And that's like, that's absolutely worthy of being fired immediately. Um, but if they were in on him and they just didn't get him, why not
1: just say that? Why, why not just say that? Being, you know, right, like, because Calgary's, it, out there, Calgary's out there leaking every bit of information about the contract they offered him to let their fans know that they tried. Right. They tried to keep Johnny because they know how good Johnny is. And they they let their fans know, this is what we tried to do. Johnny didn't want to come back here, okay? We tried. It was beyond our control. And that's great. And the fact that the Flyers came out and openly said, we didn't try. It was too hard. That quote. Too, that hard. It was too hard. Too hard.
0: Yeah. Too difficult.
1: Too difficult. What are you paid for, my guy? What are you paid for? I Chuck Fletcher is a guy that we even like came out last season, right? And we went through the the timeline, and you said, you know, he's made some really bad moves, but he's made some pretty good moves, and I can, you know, forgive some of that. Nothing he has done this off season has been good. He has somehow worked his way into a cap where he can't even afford a backup goaltender at this point. He yeah. must be the worst negotiator in the history of hockey, in the history of sports, because I don't... Has he ever won a trade? He probably won the Ryan Ellis trade, but... I was going to say, Is yeah. that really like, winning when the guy the only plays trade... three games for your team? Yeah, and like that's the thing.
0: And Bill and Kelly were talking about this on the um, the flagship show the other day. Like, Is it really a win... For Chuck Fletcher, because like, what if like the amount it took to get Ryan Ellis, it wasn't a lot, which means maybe there weren't a lot of teams inquiring about Ryan Ellis because they all knew of his medical situation, but the Flyers didn't. So if that's the case, then obviously it's a loss. But like, given what we know, the Flyers apparently, you know. I don't know, but like I still kind of chalk that up as a win because like I, that's a gamble I would take. I would Did take they the gamble. Lose the every gamble, day. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I would definitely take that gamble.
0: I would so take the gamble. That I wouldn't it wasn't take
1: necessarily. I wouldn't take the gamble he took for Tony D'Angelo. I think that's such an absurd, no, no. A, an absurd PR hit that you have to take for not that much benefit, really. The guy can't play defense. He's a a very talented offensive player, okay? I will admit that. Very talented offensive player. The guy can't play defense, and that's his position. And the funniest thing, the biggest joke, is they're going to give him top-pairing minutes. So it's going to really rely on Ivan Provorov to be a defensive defenseman. And Provorov, you know, he has benefited when he's had guys next to him that can move the puck right but he's never had to play the sheer amount of defense he's going to be expected to play next to tony d'angelo so just I, i don't understand what chuck fletcher was doing i don't understand why he thought okay i'm gonna bring this guy in but not johnny gaudreau and looking at this roster the only guys i would possibly even like hesitate to dump you know in favor of getting Johnny Gaudreau Sean Couturier maybe I would hesitate because I really like Coots and I think he is extremely talented
0: that contract and maybe, though
1: yeah but maybe he'll live up to it who knows he's the only guy yeah. I could say that about uh that's pretty much it Carter Hart and the, I, I I might yeah, have only slight hesitation for Joel Farabee but I would move almost yeah. anybody else in this roster obviously JVR obviously Kevin Hayes uh Owen Tippett? Sure. I like Owen Tippett, but who gives a shit? Cam Atkinson. Same what thing. What have we seen from Scott Owen Walton. Tippett, though? Like, what? He's fine. We haven't seen a thing from Owen Tippett. But, you know, he's like, what, 23? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Why why didn't you move Morgan Frost? Morgan Frost needs to change a scenery more than exactly. anybody. Yeah. Why, didn't, why didn't you move Morgan Frost? TK could choose to change scenery. I like TK. Move him. Trade him. Yeah. Because yeah. I, so, I just played around in Cat Friendly. Obviously, different situation entirely. And I got rid of the Panthers first round pick that the uh you know, the Panthers first round pick that came back in the Drew trade. I got rid of Travis Konechny, I got rid of Morgan Frost, and I never got TDA. And I shockingly was able to get Johnny Gaudreau on this team and cap compliant. Who would have thought? So imagine a top line of Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Couturier, and Cam Atkinson. Imagine you that, that. would be fun. You know who imagined that? Cam Atkinson, who took a picture with Johnny Gaudreau and posted it to social <laughs> yeah. media yesterday. Oh, that
0: was so bad. That, that was, was one so... of the biggest
1: troll jobs I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> you know what? It was fucking funny. It was in Philadelphia, too. Is that right? So he I was imagine, really doing the victory. I imagine part. it was. I, I mean, I couldn't. I imagine it was. Cause... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam was in Columbus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could have been either place because, you know, Cam's got ties in both places. And as we all know, Johnny Gaudreau has a number of ties to the Philadelphia area and South Jersey, you know, where he should be playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, it, that was that was crazy. When I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, my God, Cam is he's rubbing rubbing our noses in it big time. But that would have been a fun first line, though, like Atkinson. I think Peturian, Cam was Monroe. rubbing
1: Chuck Fletcher's nose in it a little bit. Maybe he was. If you're on the Flyers, how are you not pissed that they didn't do this? Like, I can understand maybe if JVR is... Well, JVR should be pissed because he's been dangled out there as garbage, and he's not a garbage hockey player. He's just maybe a guy who's overpaid at this point. But the guy can put up 20-plus goals, and he's genuinely a good person. So I, I, I would be pissed off at how I've been treated in the media if I was JVR. And... Tk, you know, again, I I like Tk a lot, but you know, again, he's a guy who's been dangled. He's had some rumors about him and everything, and I, I don't fucking know, man. This is one of the most frustrating situations I've ever seen in my thirty plus years being a Flyers fan.
0: What sucks is like for the most part, like this is a very likable team in terms of like the the people on the like Sean Couturier seems like a decent dude, Cam Atkinson seems great, JBR is great. Scott Lawton seems fantastic. Um, Rasmus Kristalinen apparently is a really cool dude. His Hart very seems nice great. Yeah, but like none of it is – like that doesn't matter. It Like they need good ta- – they need talent. And like being a good guy doesn't do anything for the team. And I don't know if that's even – like I don't know if that's even like a big deal for them. Like I don't know. Clearly I don't it's give not a shit. Tony D'Angelo. Right.
1: Exactly. exactly. If, if you're looking
0: for good people on the team, like you don't go get Tony D'Angelo. So like, I, I don't know what's, it's just a crazy hodgepodge of weird moves that none, like none of them make any sense at all. And, and it's just like, like I said this the other day, like, or this is what I was saying about the Nazem Kadri thing. Like if you're going to make, if you're going to go for the aggressive, like pick one, commit to what you said, like, if you say you're going to aggressively retool, do it. Like, trade Do Make tough decisions. Right. Will the fans like them? No. Not, perhaps they won't. But they l- will like them more than trading for Tony D'Angelo and not even trying to go after Johnny Goudreau.
1: Yes. And I'm going to take this opportunity to talk very quickly about Tony D'Angelo because, to be honest with you guys, I, I've made this very clear in social media. I don't like this guy. I've said this on a number of podcasts at this point. He's not my kind of guy. I couldn't disagree with this guy more in life. And this was a disgusting move to me. I was ready to not buy flyers tickets for the next two seasons because of this alone. And then the Gaudreau thing happened. And I was like, I'm definitely not buying shit for a while, but let's talk about D'Angelo. I I just, I, this is actually what I want to say is this is the last time I want to mention him. I don't want to talk about him again, unless he does something, which might happen, unfortunately, but I don't, I don't want to even talk about him on the show after this, but you know, he's just an exasperating player. He's a guy who's made his politics very well known. And you know what pisses me off is people who make stuff like like COVID preventive measures into political issues. I don't consider that a political issue. I think that's a public health measure. And you know, uh, the I, I, I'm sorry, but January sixth is an insurrection. Okay, it's it's not it's not a political issue. It's an insurrection. Right. But this is shit that like. They're like, oh, that's just this politics. No, this is this should be controversial fringe shit. Okay. I don't want this openly here. Yeah. These I'm sure a lot of guys around the league have these opinions, but those guys are smart enough to shut up about it to not talk. Yeah. About they it. don't make a podcast about they it, they don't make a podcast about it. You know, like it's so exasperating. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's a sobering reminder to me of the business of professional sports. You always want to say like, uh, oh, my team would never, but your team absolutely fucking would. We sweated it out when the Eagles were rumored to be on Deshaun Watson. That was really out there. That was, that was
0: scary. Yeah. Rumored
1: for like a year. And Deshaun Watson, you know, if 20 plus women are speaking out against you, you're probably not a good dude.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's just, there's so many like issues surrounding Tony D'Angelo where it's this like this isn't just you know his name being thrown out there and like he clearly it's like the cliche like if there's smoke there's a fire and like he it's just it's just so clear that he's not exactly a stand
1: up dude. He got kicked and, off the Rangers. Like even if you're just talking from a hockey perspective, he got kicked yeah. off the Rangers for a locker room incident. And you know yeah. we've heard. And then the Hurricanes could have brought him back. Yeah. For a. And they show they
0: chose to trade him away and replace him with a 37 year old Brent Burns. Yep, 37. They would rather have a 37 year old defenseman who, like many people, I-, I don't know if he's washed up yet. A lot of people probably think that. Like they chose to replace someone over a like he traded assets a decade to get of- Brent Burns. Yes. He's over a decade older than Tony D'Angelo. And, and, they, and I'm they, sure they
1: could have had D'Angelo for a nice long term contract. Probably they, yes. they could've locked him down to a really long term deal and spread out that AAV and, you know, it probably would have been great. But I I feel like there's a reason they traded him and there's a yes, reason there that I I have no idea why the Flyers traded for him and traded as many draft picks as they did for him and signed him to the AAV they did.
0: Yeah. It's it's unbelievably bizarre. It's a it, like, the thing is like for some teams, a trade for Tony D'Angelo would make sense. Like if a good team that's coached, well, it, like that's not a slight to John Tortorella. Cause like, obviously we haven't even seen him coach a flyers game yet, but like, I feel bad for Tony- all of a sudden, what a world. I this do is. too. Like if you send Tony D'Angelo to a good team, like it it can work, you know what I mean? But the thing with like this the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. And it did, it did work. He was like pretty on the ice. He was like pretty good. Yeah, Jacob Slavin did all the defensive work for him. It was perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And it just doesn't make sense at all for what the Flyers are this year. Because like their new system is very defense defense oriented. Like Torrance is, he likes to say that he's not exactly a defense first coach. But he has made it very clear that he wants some semblance of effort defensively. And Tony D'Angelo, is, he hardly ever puts any effort in defensive. Like he's just not, he's not that kind of defenseman. So like system wise, it makes no sense why they would try, why they would trade for Tony D'Angelo. And that's just another puzzle piece to this entire just cluster shitstorm of what the Flyers are doing right now. It's like, it, nothing makes sense. They're just trying to do a bunch of different things and they're, throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And it's like, this is not the year to do that. Someone's ass is on the hot seat right now. And if we go on, a, if the flyers go on like a five, 10, like a five game
1: losing streak to start the season, like what's going to happen. What's going to happen. I, I, I think I know, I think Chuck Fletcher has got to go. I, people, it like, was only wait, a couple wait, guys, wait. but people showed up at his press conference on Wednesday to yeah. say fire Chuck. I mean, it was like four guys, but you know what? Bravo to those four guys for showing up. Do, does Chuck, all
0: right. I don't know. I don't think this is on our sheet. I, I should have put it on here, but like, does Chuck Fletcher survive the season? I don't think
1: he makes it to Thanksgiving.
0: I'm like convincing myself and I'm terrified of this. I'm like somehow convincing myself that he s- survives the season.
1: If he survives and he the gets season, another year. I, I put up a poll on Twitter and I asked by, by the new year, by 2023, is the attendance going to be under the average attendance going to be under or over 10,000? And that poll went 95% to 5% in favor of being under 10,000. People don't, people are not excited about this product. People don't want to go to these games. The attendance was pitiful by the end of the season. And I don't understand how they think like Tony D'Angelo and not Johnny Gaudreau is going to make that better help going to help this team win hockey games. And I just want to get back on my soapbox for one more minute and just say like, you know, I, I know that sports don't give a shit about your morals, and fuck me, that sucks. It just, it sucks. I feel sick to my stomach when I see Odubel Herrera take at-bats for the Phillies. I actually boo him in the stadium, people look at me weird, but I do it. I Nick Cousins, there was a lot of controversy there with the Flyers, and, you know, they didn't give a shit about that, and it's just like, these these are cruel reminders of this stuff, and with D'Angelo, it's like, it's an exasperated point at this point, but... Hockey should be for everyone, and they try to say hockey's for everyone, and it rarely actually feels like it is. And guys yeah. like D'Angelo hold this sport back. And Yes, they do. It it sucks, man. It sucks, and I hate it. And, you know, shame on Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers for making this move and for everything they've done this off season. It's just a, an absolute atrocity, and I, I can't forgive this club anymore. I can't give this club any more breaks. I'm absolutely done.
0: What, what? Another thing that really kills me is like, if Tony D'Angelo had spent the entire like last year with the Hurricanes, like squeaky clean, like you didn't hear anything bad about him or anything like that, then I would be like, I wouldn't like the move at all. But at least I'd be a little more accepting of it. Maybe I'd be like, oh well, like maybe he's learned. But the what kills me, and I think about this every day is during that playoff series against against Boston when uh, Brad Marchand was, you could read his lips, he was calling him a racist on the ice after they got into an altercation. And
1: that makes me wonder, did he say something on the ice that day? Right. Like, well, and like, like obviously has he's got he a reputation. Learned? I don't think he's learned shit. Yes. Chuck Fletcher came out and said, well, he's learned from his experience. And I'm like, has he? He got into a fight with Gerard Gallant on the bench in the Ranger series. And like, this is a guy who... Yeah. I don't think he's learned anything. I don't think he's ever shown any remorse. He actually had to say in his introductory press conference for the Flyers, I'm not a racist. And thank, yeah. you know, I'm thankful for the press for a- asking that question. But like, he pretty much just said, I'm not a racist. And like, that was good enough. Okay. <laughs> this is, the proof is in the pudding. And if the Flyers want us to accept this move and they want us to accept that Tony D'Angelo has changed he's got to put in some work. He's got to do some actual public efforts. North yeah. Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, work with Snyder hockey. Like you actually yeah. have to show us that you've learned and you've grown and you're different. I don't think he's going to do any of that. Prove me wrong. Prove you're a better person. Be, yeah. you know, like be good on the, the ice but be better off the ice. This is uh, this is a
0: bit apples and oranges, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Cuz it's semi-relevant. Say what you will about Michael Vick when the when the Eagles signed him. I was I was livid. Oh, me too. I was like me you've too. got like I I legit was like I'm going to become a Dolphins fan. <laughs> like I was like I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And th- but to his credit, and this has nothing to do with his play on the field because that first year he didn't do anything. He did nothing when in that first year when he was backing up Donovan McNabb. He what made it work for michael vick was that he true he proved that he changed as a person and well he also he went, went to prison and he did his time he literally he did. did his time he did he did but like he he totally flipped the script like he was going out to like dog shelters and helping out and like raising awareness for like cruelty to animals and stuff like that and now you look at him and he has like four dogs or something now and like he, from what I, from what I can tell, he's like, he's totally changed the whole narrative. And now when I think of Michael Vick, I don't think about what he did when he was a stupid 26 year old. You know what I mean? I think of what he has become and I look at, and I think of his name fondly now. Yeah. Now, yeah. could I, mean, I be I... wrong about that? Maybe I'm too forgiving. That could perhaps be the case. But like you, he, Proved that he changed, and Tony D'Angelo needs to do that. He has to do that because if he doesn't, it's just clearly nothing. I mean, he, what does he do? What are we doing? You know? Yeah. Like
1: I don't. I don't know. And like the guy is known for being like a troll and making like burner accounts and shit. Like what? What, if, what kind yeah. of a guy With is the, uh, this?
0: What's that, <laughs> what's that Twitter page? Like Rangers fan two five. Yeah. NYR fan, like five, six, nine Oh two one Oh yeah. Whatever
1: it is. I mean like six, seven, five, three Oh nine. I had a burner account for the first time ever in my entire podcasting career. I had a burner account actually insult me and I had to like mute, the, mute the account and then it got deleted. Yeah. Like I've never had it's... that happen. It's ridiculous. I, I, I I'm not insinuating by any means that it was like. Tony or like somebody made a burner to insult me, which is weird, but whatever. But like, it's weird. It's just it, like, I don't yeah. know. It's strange, And it's strange. The defenses that people, I saw some absurd defenses of Tony D'Angelo and the people can change and shit like that. Like it's just absurd. And I, I can't believe the lengths people would bend over backwards for this guy. It, it is crazy to me. Uh, Real quick on, on Vic. I just want, <laughs> you reminded me of maybe the worst lead to a story I've ever read in my life in um, this this 2010 Ashley Fox story on Michael Vick. Jeffrey Lurie is bought in, and he knows that you may not have. Michael Vick once fought and electrocuted dogs. Now, as the Eagles' starting quarterback, he is the most electric player in the National Football League. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, I've never heard that one before. Oh, it's my favorite because oh, it's so man. bad. So <laughs> bad. One of the worst leads that is, I have ever seen in
1: my life. That is treacherous. It's just oh, completely baby. treacherous. But, like, I, 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 you know, this is the decision the Flyers have made. And I'm, I'm just kind of sickened by everything they've done this offseason. It's maybe the worst offseason I've ever seen in all my years as a Flyers fan. And the only thing I'm happy about. The only thing is that Johnny Catro didn't go to the Devils or the Islanders, because that was that when I was really pissed off during the live show the other day, and I'm really pissed off still, but when I hit, I think my peak pissed offness was when I thought he was going to sign with the Devils. I never really thought he was gonna sign with the Islanders, because come on, it's the Islanders, right? But yeah. the Devils actually are a team that's been building something and a team that feels like they're on the rise. They seem to win every offseason. Jack Hughes is super exciting. Like they have really good talent. So I could totally see if Johnny Gaudreau, Dougie Hamilton went there. Like I could see if Gaudreau wanted to go there because he'd be close to home and he could just slide into a roster on the rise and that would be great. But he decided on Columbus and oh, I'm so happy because it's funny to see Devils fans disappointed. It's funnier to see Islanders fans disappointed. I hate the Devils. I, I know younger fans don't have that hate for the Devils that I do because I dealt with Scott Stevens, noted war criminal and Marty Brodeur and all those assholes. But <laughs> And Lou Lamorello at his, the peak of his Emperor Palpatine powers, but like not seeing him sign with the devil's screen. And you know, I I know this probably wasn't the case, but a small part of me likes to think that he didn't sign with the Islanders or the devils because that's their bigger rivals to the flyers than the blue jackets. Because the blue jackets, we've discussed them before. I know you have like a weird hate for the blue jackets, right? But like (laughs) the blue jackets (laughs) are just kind of like up to this point, kind of a nothing franchise in NHL history. They have weird jerseys. They have a weirder right, yeah. mascot. I think Stinger is a bottom five NHL mascot, but top five for weirdness, but like really weird. <laughs> I, I don't get it. They have the cannon, which actually scares Johnny, which is hilarious. Yeah. And they're they're such a weird nothing burger franchise. So it was very shocking for a lot of people to see. Not only could drove sign with them, but sign with them for 9.5 million a season when he easily could have gotten 10, 10 and a half, even up, to 11 per reports and I think that was really shocking to people but you know they're an interesting team I think they've made a lot of interesting moves he'll get to probably play with Patrick Laine, Jake Voracek. Some...
0: I was gonna say I was just about to say I love how for years Flyers fans were like fantasizing about like Johnny Goudreau and Voracek on the like on the Flyers like and now it's happening just on the Blue Jackets it's like an odd odd
1: turn of events. It, very odd turn events. I would not have expected it in, I want to say a hundred years. I would not have expected it, but here we are. And again, I'm happy. Like they are technically a Metro team. They are a division team, but yeah. there's tiers to these things where you've got Pittsburgh, Washington, the Rangers, the Islanders and the devils. Those are the actual flyers rivals right there. And then you have like Carolina and Columbus. And it's like, oh yeah, you're in our division. I forgot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It just doesn't really make sense.
1: It's kind of nice without TDA. I can go back to kind of liking the Hurricanes. So that's uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But you
0: know, I... yeah, that was your big thing during the playoffs. So we were talking about the Hurricanes and how I wanted them to like beat New York, and you're like, I'm rooting for New York. Fuck Tony D'Angelo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now he's a flyer. Now he's a flyer. So... it's like they heard me and they gave me a giant middle finger. That's I. I, yeah. I really feel like this this club has shit all over me this off season. It's
0: I just like, there's so many things that I want to say about the flyers right now. And it's just like, I don't know how I I don't, I I just feel like I've said everything and it's just like, it's so hard. Like, here's what kills me the most. Like we're going to keep watching this team. You
1: know, I'm really like I, I, I'm gonna tell you this up front right now. I am gonna half heartedly watch this team, and it's already been pretty bad. They've been relegated to the tablet, okay? They're not even on the main TV anymore. They've been relegated to the tablet, and apologies to Jim Jackson. I don't hear his wonderful play by play most games. I love Jim Jackson, but I just kind of keep it on in the background, and you better believe me when I say that. I am really not going to pay that much attention to a lot of these games. I'll talk about the team, right? probably we will continue on, but don't be surprised if we talk about other hockey teams or, or just other yeah. shit in general, because well, like, I, I, what is there? I don't want to watch this hockey. I don't want to watch this team play hockey.
0: What is there to be excited about for this team right now? Like, at least last year, at least there was Goudreau. At least there was... The Gujur hope Britain. of Goudreau. Yeah, the hope. But at least there was, like... Giroux and there was like You know Ryan Ellis, like they had done some things. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Sean Couturier
1: is always you know a great player, and then he got hurt all season. Joel Joel Farabee, I love Joel. Like they had a young player.
0: Like right now, the Flyers just don't have anything that moves the needle, even for diehard.
1: Like I, the only thing. Well, all the guys that move the the needle are hurt. Sean Couturier is coming off a major back injury. Joel Farabee is going to be hurt to start the season. Even Bobby Brink, who's a guy that we were excited for as a rookie, right? He's got a hip injury. Yes. Yes. The only
0: thing that that there are only two players who make me who are gonna make me want to tune in every night to the Flyers, and that's Bobby Brink, who's hurt, and Cam York. Yes, I no like Cam else. York a lot. I, I'm excited for Cam I York. I like play. him too, but I'm scared I'm scared
1: Ca- for Cam York. Cam York's right now third pairing and he won't get first power play time because D'Angelo's gonna be on the first power play because that's why you signed D'Angelo's to play on your power play and improve your yeah. power play. But like Honestly, and we we
0: touched on this earlier, and like you know, like I want to bring it up again. Tony D'Angelo is, he's so not defensively oriented at all. How is this going to work between him and John Tortorella? And to go to touch back on what we were saying earlier, imagine being John Tortorella right now, looking at this roster and looking at what the team's doing. Like he must be sitting there thinking, "Oh my God, what have I gotten myself into?" And I'm sure they gave him some sort of like lay of the land as to what they were planning on doing in free agency. But, like, how does any of what they have done make any sense for John Tortorella, the coach?
1: And actually, my biggest fear that I've only thought of today with Tortorella is, did Tortorella say that he didn't want here. Is here? Like, I doubt it, but did he say that? Is that 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 part of the reason? That
0: wouldn't be crazy either. Yeah, That wouldn't be crazy either because, like, as we've said, like, he likes it when players are, you know, they – it, not that they're, like, all trying to be Selkie winners or anything, but he likes it when they when players put in, like, you know, a solid effort defensively.
1: And, like, oh has God. Goudreau really ever been, like... No, because guess what? You need some players to score some goddamn goals. And right, one of yeah. the questions we keep asking ourselves about this roster right now is, who the hell is going to score? You still have Van Reemsteke because apparently nobody would take him even for free. And Max Pacioretty literally got traded for free. The other day. Yes. He got traded for free to the Carolina hurricanes. The rich got richer. And apparently James Van Riemsday couldn't even be given with second round pick, which is hilarious. But I guess JVR is going to score some goals. Cam Atkinson will always score some goals because that's what he does. And if Farabee plays anytime soon, he'll score goals. But beyond that, like TK puts up a few, but like he doesn't score like you really expect him to. TDA is going to score some. And. uh, that's pretty much it. Like this really, yeah, it really
0: comes down to, and that here's the other thing. This all like going into this season, one injury to Sean Couturier season's over.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: can we be be awarded
1: exactly one Connor Bedard upon receipt of Sean Couturier injury?
0: We're looking at this this upcoming season knowing the team's going
1: to be bad if no one gets hurt. Right. That's a if huge If Couturier gets hurt again... Yeah. The if Couturier gets team, hurt again... The injuries on this team over the past few seasons have been absurd. So I can't yes. imagine they're going to get any better. I can't wait. I cannot wait until Nick Delorier is starting on the first line. It's going to be... Oh, uh, Nick Delorier and Zach McEwen on the first line again. It's going to be fucking I, hysterical.
0: I don't think that'll happen, but that would be... I would love to see that. It would be very funny. But, like... Like if Sean Couturier gets hurt again, if if Kevin Hayes gets hurt again, God forbid Carter Hart gets hurt, because they straight up don't have a backup right now. It's coming down to Sandstrom and some guy they signed a couple days ago, and it's like I I, I don't know, I, I truly have no idea what's yeah, going to happen. Grossnick
1: have... Grossnick on Wednesday, who yeah. is. Uh... Great in the AHL, but is he another Michael? Who gives a shit, you know? like they, they didn't even allocate money to bring Martin Jones back, who, by the way, Martin Jones got signed yeah, by the Seattle fine. Kraken and apparently got a 10-team uh, no-trade no list, which clause. the best, by the way, the best response I got to that no-move clause when I discovered that was somebody said, yeah, it's just the Flyers listed 10 times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I would do the same thing, probably. But, like... Yeah, like they, I mean, if Carter Hart gets hurt, what happens? That was if, uh, if Sean
1: Don uh, or 86, and uh, apologies, Mike, if I pronounced that wrong, but uh, on Twitter, I just want to
0: give credit where credit's due, yeah, put the plug. But if if Carter Hart gets hurt, Sean Couturier, if it like Ryan Ellis has not started, uh, I think he's done.
1: Ryan Else, yeah. Like, I, I have no faith he's coming. Well, and clearly the Flyers have no faith he's coming back if they signed Justin Braun. Which, if they traded for Tony D'Angelo
0: to play top pair minutes alongside Ivan Provorov, that kind of speaks louder than
1: words. Yeah, well, they have three right-handed defensemen. <laughs> One yeah. of them can play defense, but he's over the hill, so it's just perfect. Justin Braun's it the just... most likable guy on the defense, and he doesn't
0: even play see, that well the thing. anymore. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't even have a problem with Justin Braun. I like him. Like, even though he's older right now, he's still, like, a useful... He's 35 years old. Like, he's still a useful defenseman on a good team. The problem is, on the Flyers, there's a very good chance he's going to be... At some point, he's probably going to play on the first pair again with Ivan Provorov, And, like, that just won't work. Like, Justin Braun is a very good,
1: like bottom pair defenseman and that's an important role even middle pair is is, fine but he ended up playing on the top pair last season and because of the defensive ineptness of both Rasmus Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo I wonder how long it's going to take for Justin Braun to end up on that top pairing again yeah it's like god god because it's going to happen at some point even if it's just he's used at the end of the game when (laughs) they have a lead imagine that
0: Yeah. Players are going to get hurt and we just have to pray to God that they're like bottom of the lineup people. Like we have to pray that it's like it. Well, we got to pray that it's that no one gets hurt. But like if someone's going to get hurt, it it better be like someone not that good, because if it's a player that is very important to this team right now, like if it's a Kevin Hayes or if it's a A Joel uh, Faraby, Joel Faraby, if it's one of those. Oh, my God.
1: It's going to be bad regardless. I actually was shocked. Yes, it is. I I went on to, I think it was FanDuel yesterday to see what the odds were for, you know, the Metropolitan, because uh, I think Ryan Gilbert, who, you know, does pretty well with the gambling there, had pointed out that Carolina had pretty good odds to win the Metro and actually went the the odds have actually gotten worse for betters since he pointed it out the other day. They're only at plus 195 now. So, like, they're as sure of a thing, it's almost even odds for them to win the Metro. But the Flyers were listed at plus 3,500 above the Devils and the Blue Jackets, which I was completely shocked by. Maybe they just hadn't updated their files yet because clearly the Blue Jackets are a better bet to finish above the Flyers now after adding Johnny Gaudreau and having Line and Voracek and... Wierenski and I actually forget who's in goal for them right now, but like, I I don't know who the flyers can beat right now. I really don't. I I don't understand how anybody could have faith in this team, even competing for a playoff spot. So
0: they're what, what kind of annoys me is like, like they're going to win games and they're going to be better than I think, than we think they're going to be because at the end of the day, John Tortorella is a good coach and he's like going to, make them overperform. That's just kind of what happens when John Tortorelli is your coach. But at the same time, like what if this is like a Vancouver Canucks year? Like, Oh, it could be. Torts was in Vancouver. (laughs) It could be that. It very easily could be. I don't know. This could end up going down in flames way worse than anyone thinks. But like, I don't, I don't think we'll get to that point.
1: All right. So I played around in cap friendly yesterday to try and picture what this roster is going to look like, because again, right now it's ugly. I do not like it right now. And I forgot about Joel Farabee, so I kind of made it up with without Farabee, with Farabee, with Farabee and Brink to see those different versions. Without Farabee, your top line is probably JVR, Sean Couturier, and Cam Atkinson, which, fine, I can deal with that, right? But then your second line projects out to Noah Cates, who is not ready for second line duty just yet. I certainly don't think so. Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny. Third line, Morgan Frost, Scott Lawton, and Owen Tippett. And your fourth line, either Nick DeLaurier or Zach McEwen, Patrick Brown, and Wade Allison. If Wade Wade Allison exists, because, again, you want to talk about a guy who gets hurt so often you have no idea if he's living or dead, it's Wade Allison. So if it's not Wade Allison, it's Nick DeLaurier, Patrick Brown, and... Zach McEwen. Would, honestly, like, and I'm not, like, a Zach McEwen,
0: like, f- I like Zach, Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen's a lot like, of fun,
1: but he's not a good hockey player. He is player.
0: fun. He He's not the greatest hockey player, but, like, he's absolutely better than Nick Deloria. And it kills me. Like, I'm not, this isn't a, a hill I'm going to die on at all because it's, like, who, honestly, really, who gives a shit. But, like, it'll be really annoying if, like, McEwen's getting strax- scratched for Deloria because, like, He's definitely better than Delorie.
1: Delorier is getting paid $1.75 million for four years. $1.75 million for four years for Nick DeLaurier. It's stunning. And this is... They really touted this. Like, they got to win. Like, oh, we got a good player, guys.
0: It's... It's like the whole toughness thing. They're like, yeah, he's a tough player. Like, he's going to drop the gloves and change the momentum. And Bill, Bill Matz put this the best. He basically said, like, if the number one guy you signed in free agent, you signed him so he can change the momentum of games, you're admitting that you're going to be terrible. And you're going to need someone to drop the gloves to turn the tables during the game. And it's just like... wow. It's so bizarre.
1: Imagine if you had signed a guy who scored 115 points last season so that you were just ahead in the games. Wild. Do these guys understand hockey? You know, I know they do. I know these guys have worked in hockey their entire lives. Like, I know Bob Clark knows how the game of hockey works, right? But what are they doing? What are they doing? Guys like Nick Deloree... People aren't going to show up to see Nick Delorier. Nobody gives a shit about Nick Delorier. People are going to show up for Johnny Gaudreau. I don't get it. This roster sucks. I I would have traded away a bunch of the bottom, like, the kids. Like I like the kids, don't get me wrong, but, like, you got to get rid of some of them. You got to get some NHL-ready guys if you want to win games. This roster isn't going to win games, even with Therapy and Brink, okay? You got a bunch of second lines, third lines, basically.
0: Brink, we don't even know if he's going to be good. Like, I, I'm hopeful he'll be good, and I, I think he will be, but we don't know he's going to be good. I and think I, he'll be I good, but
1: Brink. you don't know any of these guys are going to be good except for, like, yeah. Farabee and Couturier, and that depends on if they're healthy. But, like, okay, let's say yeah. let's say they're full power, right? They got those guys in there. And uh, so your top line, I would project it out to Farabee, Couturier, and Atkinson on the top line, which is pretty good, you know? It's not the, the greatest, but you know what? You'll win some battles with that. JVR, Hayes, Connect, the second line. Again, pretty good, right? <laughs> it's not like the best, yeah. but it's not the worst. Uh, then third line, Cates, Lawton, Tippett. I like that. That's cool. And then the fourth line, ideally, but I doubt they're going to make it happen like this. Allison, Frost, Brink. Now, they'll probably yeah, scratch, oh no, like, not, yeah. Frost for Patrick Brown. Because, again, somebody I don't understand. So, oh, we don't want to free up any room by getting rid of Patrick Brown. Honestly, at this point, just,
0: like, <sighs> trade Morgan Frost. Honestly. Trade him. Trade him. Like, and I like.
1: I, I don't know, I know why they didn't trade Morgan. him and Travis connect me to the same place. It just made too much sense. I feel bad sense. for Morgan Frost. <laughs> Because yes, I feel like Morgan Frost would
0: have been good if he was given the right developmental path or whatever, and it's just turned out to be such a disaster for him. And like he's about to turn, he turns twenty four in May. Like this is the time where players should start, like you know, coming out and really starting to show something. And so far, like if. Morgan Frost needs to come out of the gate on fire. Because if he doesn't, I mean... The, uh, it's just another one of those cases of... The Flyers having a prospect that is exciting. And then... he They, like, r- ruin him.
1: Yeah, I think they're ruining all their prospects right now. I'm really worried for the next generation. I've never been an advocate of sell the team. Because I've thought in the past, what difference will that make? But... At this point, like... Not necessarily sell the team, but you need to get rid of almost everybody in their current position with this organization and just start new because it's not working. The philosophy yeah. is wrong. Whoever is working with Chuck Fletcher is giving him bad advice. The fact that they they opted to go bigger instead of getting one of the most dynamic Better. offensive presences available in the free agent market, maybe ever, I, I that wanted to come here. That wanted to come here. It just stunned You know what this reminds sorry to interrupt you, Steve. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me
0: of when the Eagles first signed Chip Kelly and he kept saying I remember he said this during like training camp or something. He was like, Big people beat up little people. And he kept like trying to just construct the roster out of these gigantic people, but they sucked. And then he what framed they Deshaun then,
1: Jackson for being a gangster. Yeah, like... He, for being in a gang. Was... He specifically framed Deshaun Jackson for being in a gang so he could justify cutting the fastest Philadelphia Eagle of all time.
0: Right. Like, it, it, the, the whole thing was crazy. But I, I just... It reminds me of that so much. Remember the LaShawn like...
1: McCoy trade? Like, I know McCoy McCoy's a piece of shit, right? Females only. Yeah. But that trade <laughs> is still that might go down at the time. We're like, well, we got a linebacker out of it. And then he sucked. He was terrible. I don't even remember his name at this. He did
0: one cool thing. I only remember him doing one thing and it was the Kiko
1: Alonso. Kiko
0: Alonso. You suck. My man, you he did one cool thing. I remember it was the Eagles Falcons, that Monday night game in week one. And the Eagles were just playing like hot garbage, but like, the Falcons were in the red zone, and Kiko Alonso made this insane one handed like interception in the end zone. I remember that, and the Eagles still lost the game. Yeah. And then I, I remember nothing after that. So from Kiko Alonso,
1: yeah. So, th- th- but that's still one of the worst traits of all time. Again, we would find out LeSean McCoy was an actual piece of shit, but uh, yeah, yeah. But- it, you know, still, you know, I'm, I'm I'm talking about TDA, but then LeSean McCoy comes up. Oh my god, but like. He was very good at running back, but real shitty guy. Real shitty guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello,
0: I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut!
1: What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the
0: form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now. Let's talk about some of the other free agents real quick that signed. So the big one for us, at least our heartstrings, is uh, one Claude Giroux signing with the Ottawa Senators. After all that mockery over the years, after all the mockery of nearby Hurst, Hurst, Ottawa being as far from Philadelphia as Hurst and all that, he did go to Ottawa. He signed there for three years, and he seemed really happy about it. So you know what? I'm kind of, like, irritated he didn't try to go for that cup. But, hey, be happy, my dude. Be happy for once. You know
0: what, though? All right. So here's my thing. Like, we've been, like, dunking on the Senators for so long because, like, how can you not? They've been a total dumpster fire. But they've had a really good off – like, a fucking good offseason. Like, now they got Alex DeBrinckit. They got Josh Norris. They got Drake Batherson. They have Brady Kachuk. And, like, all of a sudden – and uh, Thomas Shabbat, Like, all of a sudden, they have some really good young talent there. They do. And I'm looking like, oh – don't do Like, this. are they building
1: something right now? Like, I'm just saying. Maybe. They, okay. Listen, I'm not, they I'm might not be they're going to be a playoff team, like, team this year. They might be a playoff team this year, but, like, if they are, they're getting roasted in the first round. Like, they're just, they're not there. But, like, I, I, okay, I don't think they're making it. They're the way better than the Flyers, all right? At least I like them better than the Flyers. Oh, yeah. They're way more likable yeah. than the Flyers. But, like, I, like, at this point, I'm really kind of jealous that we didn't make it to brinket trade because like at least that's something exciting at least that's a really good yeah. player and just oh my god but like they are building something and it's it's a much better vibe their vibes are much better than the flyers because melnick died and they were like oh we're free we could do actual fun hockey stuff now
0: yeah i like i don't know like they're they really are build. i'm not saying they're building i, I shouldn't say that they're building something but they're they're building a good
1: team they, I'll are. Say that. they are they're but, definitely building a good team. I'm not saying I, I they're just, building
0: like a I, dynasty. I think my man,
1: Claude, is not – I don't think he's winning that cup because I just don't think they're even close to that. But, you know, I I, think, I I'm, glad happy. Happy. Like, I'm glad he's happy.
0: I'm glad he's happy. Tim Stutzla. I, feel, totally I like Stutzla. Stutzla. Like, like, I'm just looking at the next three years for the Senators and, like, they got a lot of good young talent. It, and maybe in years. they They're three. only going to get better. That, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, like, two, three years not next season, but maybe, like, two, three years, they'll be... In, like, the last year of Giroux's contract, they'll probably be, like, legit good. Like, really good. Good.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm happy that he's happy. That's all.
0: Yeah. I am, too. It's like a breakup. Like, know, I'm just dude, happy
1: that, that she's happy now. Thank
0: God he's not here.
1: Oh, thank God, yeah. He... You know, the, the ever... Like the the Claude Giroux over the years picture, right, where it just shows him morphing from a happy go lucky youngster into this yeah, just like shell of depression. a person, and yeah. it would get worse this year. It's like you probably do the same thing with Sean Couturier at this point. That poor guy, I,
0: dude. I feel so bad for so many players on the Flyers right now. Like I feel so bad for Coots. I feel terrible for Cam Atkinson because he spent all those years in shitty, overcast Ohio, and now he's in Philly. And the team has gotten to the worst point. Like, hey, quick, did you Atkinson's- ever stop to
1: think that maybe Cam Atkinson's the problem? I'm kidding, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. We got to find somebody. Um, but, like, I feel bad for Cam Atkinson. I feel bad for... Scott Lawton.
1: I love Scott Lawton. I feel really bad for him. I think Scott Lawton... I think there's so many guys on this team because they have a bunch of B-plus players that would work great on contenders. Like Scott Lawton. If you put him on a contender, I think he'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. Same with Travis Konechny. Travis Sanheim? You put him
0: on the Colorado Avalanche? Oh my He's God. He's a stud on the Avalanche. Total stud on the Avalanche. Yeah. Now granted, you could put me on the Colorado Avalanche and I'd be like a passable fourth line winger. You end up but getting that, like,
1: that Nazem Khatri money right there.
0: Yeah, I'd get like a $3 million deal just for being on the team, basically. In <laughs> how, like, how
1: much did NAK make? That would basically be what you.
0: Oh yes.
1: I got to, I got to, cause he right, signed over in Toronto who has made some interesting off season decisions themselves with going for, they traded for Matt Murray, which that was the first sign that the, the Ottawa senators were free from the curse of Eugene Melnick was that they could that was get rid of Matt Murray. And the? the yeah. and then they didn't re-sign Jack Campbell. Good old soupy or uh, what's the one from Detroiters? I like to say uh, wet ass food, Mr. Wet ass food just went over to <laughs> went over. Dude, where did I signed with Edmonton Jack
0: Campbell Edmonton. Yeah. And like, honestly, I'm, I'm excited for him because like now Edmonton has like a goalie, a goalie that isn't 45
1: amazing. years old.
0: Yeah, like he's not amazing or anything, but I I love Jack Campbell, man. He's like, like as a dude, he seems so awesome. And like, I talked to him once when he was a member of the Kings. He was visiting Vegas, and he just seems so chill. Like even after a loss, like the, he seems so cool. And um, I'm glad to see him doing well. But like, yeah, like so now the Maple Leafs got Matt Murray. Very odd. They got they also got Sam Samsonov, who like at one point was legit. Like, people thought he was going to be amazing. Um, So who knows? Maybe, like, the Maple Leafs can somehow turn both those goalies around. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, NAKGB. He signed a one-year, one, $1 million-dollar deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: I hope you're all happy, NAKGB. The, your, your boy's going back to the playoffs again after winning the cup and almost destroying it. He's just he's been, trying to dent that cup again. Oh you. my God, he's just been bashing That's that thing wants. everywhere he can. But good for for yeah. NAK for for getting his Stanley Cup and then uh, signing with a, a pretty good team. Not uh, as competitive a team as the Vegas odds would make them seem, but. <laughs> they're very good they're very talented but I don't think that's a team that's uh, you know doing what they're always projected to do now looking at some of these other deals we talked about Braun and Deloria I forgot about my favorite Deloria quote though where he said I think I proved I can play hockey oh did you now no you didn't <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> who says that <laughs> what is...
0: I mean I can play hockey I'm not good at it <laughs> But he, I mean, he's not wrong. He has proved that he can play the sport of hockey. Oh my God. That's not an inspiring quote. That's the least inspiring (laughs) quote I've ever heard in my life. He can indeed be on the ice while a game of hockey is being played and be considered a a player on one of the teams taking, taking, taking part in that sport. I think I proved I can read a book.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Malkin went... I can... I can do the dishes right now. I can't. I think. But I'm not gonna. I think I proved I can do the dishes. Okay, then why don't you do them? I yeah. think I proved I can do them. I I have
0: proved in the past that I can, and therefore my work here is
1: done. <laughs> what? So what's the worst quote? <laughs> I think I proved <laughs> I can play hockey, or I'm not a racist. Oh boy. I think I proved. I think I proved I can play <laughs> hockey. <laughs> even though they're both pretty bad, at least the one is just, yeah, you know, saying the big bare big. minimum. That was, yeah. This was just like such a bizarre, like, I think I proved I can play hot. Huh? Okay. But what can you do? Why did we sign you for 1.75 million a season? Can you answer oh. that?
0: So I wanted to bring this up real fast. This isn't on the sheet and I meant to put it on here. Um, so the flyers, cause you brought up Tony D'Angelo again. Um, the I'm sorry, just hired it won't happen assist- again. <laughs> the Flyers just hired an assistant head coach by the name of Rocky Thompson. Oh, yeah. And, of course, his name is Rocky, city of brotherly love, you know. But, so the Flyers hired Rocky Thompson to be their, I believe, power play coach. Um, And he actually was pretty good as... um. As a uh, coach for the Chicago Wolves, I believe he, he coached um, a couple other teams in the AHL. He, from, the, from what I've seen, he's pretty good, um, and he'll. I feel like he could be a fairly decent assistant head coach. Yeah, it's a shame he Apparently, won't be able to join us
1: in any of the Canadian trips because he has a medical exemption and doesn't have a COVID nineteen yes. vaccine.
0: Yes, this is very true and very bizarre,
1: but. Um,
0: also, there's I'm sending you this picture, Steve. By the way, do people Thompson know
1: playing days? Do people know this works both ways? Like, you know, people that aren't vaccinated in Canada can't come here. Like, you know this works both ways? You goddamn idiots. Alright. Oh my god. I'm done with it. So there's I just sent you a picture of Rocky Thompson with a blue
0: blue jay type hairdo.
1: Oh my god.
0: And it's pretty wild. <laughs> wow.
1: It's pretty wild. I will say that's a great but, hockey picture.
0: Apparently. When Rocky last season, Rocky Thompson, according to reports, went after Tony D'Angelo,
1: took his shirt off, and threatened to fight Tony D'Angelo. Outstanding. I cannot wait. I, I hope there's just a, you know, I, I think Bill was pointing this out, saying that, like, I hope there's a major league style brawl that actually spills out onto the field. That would be. Uh, that would make the season for me that would make this all worth it to see just an actual fight spill out onto the ice yeah i think bill said that the other day it's just (laughs) please beat the shit out of each other just go nuts they they talked about a split in the locker room and now they're like no the locker room's great it's never been better Uh, what are we doing what is this team i spot a lie there's a lot of lies it, going on. Dude, around. you know what? We might,
0: maybe this whole time we're just underestimating the abilities of John Tortorella as a head coach. Maybe he's going to come in and just f- like fuck shit up and just basically do like kind of like the "I'm the captain now" meme. Like maybe he's going to do that and he's going to have like the tightest locker room and everyone's going to get together and it's going to be just like like balloons and cotton candy everywhere and it's going to be incredible. But that's just unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I I love Torrance, and I think he's going to do the best he can to make this a very tight-knit locker room. But, like, God, with some of the people in there, it's going to be really tough.
1: There are some personalities, all right, and some lack of personalities. I just can't wait. I think Proveroff and D'Angelo is such a, like, fascinating pairing to have yeah. together. Because, again, Tony D'Angelo allegedly— had an incident with his Russian goaltender in New York. So, and again, this is all alleged. He allegedly called him a commie. So how is he going to work with a Russian defensive partner? I don't understand. Did you think about any of this, Chuck? Do you think about anything, Chuck, at all? I like Chuck Fletcher for the most part of his tenure, right? Like, I thought he was pretty mediocre, but I thought he was a nice guy doing his best. And now I'm like, what What are you doing? How does your brain work? I don't under. If he didn't give us these, these limp answers the other day, I might feel a very, very tiny bit better. But he gave us the worst yeah. responses ever in that press conference to not even go after this player. If you didn't go after Gaudreau, give me an explanation better than it's hard to move contracts. Give me something better because you can get creative. This is not a creative man. This is not somebody who knows how to negotiate. Everybody in the league knew you're trying to get rid of JVR. So get rid of somebody else. I don't care about half this roster. I like a lot of these guys, but I don't like them enough to not move them in a trade to get a superior talent.
0: Jesus Christ. Being the GM being the GM of a team isn't easy, you know? No, like, like look at Ron Hextall. It's difficult. It's difficult. <laughs> look at our Sometimes friend Ron Hextall. De- over in Pittsburgh. Sometimes you have to make difficult decisions and like you have to make difficult decisions. You have like you have to do something. you can't just not do
1: anything because it's
0: difficult, you know?
1: Yeah. I, so, I, I I was saying look at Ron Hextall just because he was playing all that back and forth with Letang and Malkin for That was bizarre for months and then they signed pretty similar deals ultimately to come back. Yeah. What it, so, Latang came back for, was it six years at 6.1? And and Malkin came back for... I think they both did. Yeah. I oh, no, no. Both, Malkin, yeah. Malkin's so, four well, years.
0: Yeah, Malkin was four years. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But they had similar cap hits, which, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, especially, I think Latang that's a bargain bin deal right there. That's a great value for Latang. Malkin, I think that's a good value, but he's a guy who's hurt a lot. I'm a little surprised Malkin didn't go and chase some money, but... Think about the Pittsburgh Penguins. We want to count them out. Like we keep saying in the slack, they gotta fail one of these years. But as long as they have Crosby and Malkin and Latang, they're gonna win games.
0: They're gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, like they There are. And then you got Gensel and like Ricard Raquel's like a
1: good piece.
0: And you got. I Michigan thought Raquel Zucker was salad.
1: actually a great pickup, and it's one that pisses me off because why didn't Hextall do stuff like that here? Like if he right. could have gotten a Raquel, yeah. that would have made such a big difference with his Flyers teams.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, great pickup. He's been working out fantastic for them. If he could have picked up Jeff Carter for the Flyers. Oh, imagine having a guy like Jeff Carter and then trading him. Oh, I got Katori and check out of it. I can't complain too much. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, other, the other big free agency move we had joked about Chuck Fletcher doing in kind of a gallows humor way was bringing in uh, all scumbag team and bringing in Evander Kane. But he thankfully stayed in Edmonton, which I think was a wise move for himself and the Oilers. Like, I don't like Evander Kane either, but if I'm talking objectively hockey wise, he's never played better hockey than he has on the Edmonton Oilers. And he really seems to be a missing piece for that team.
0: Yeah. That for him, that was a good spot. Um, Oh, also speaking of the Edmonton Oilers, I just want to, I just want to thank them for going back to the Royal blue jerseys. They're finally bringing back like the Gretzky era jerseys, like these hideous orange ones that they were wearing. Thank God they're gone. There's one team that can rock
1: orange in this league and it's the flyers. That's it. Yes. There's only one.
0: Yeah. Like blue is the primary color of the Oilers and it should always stay that
1: way. Yeah. Orange is a great secondary color for them and the Islanders. And that's the only place orange should be on their jerseys. Secondary color. Yes. And then the Ducks need to go back to eggplant. Thank you. Yes. No, there needs to be a purple team. There are no purple teams right now. Yeah. The Kings aren't even purple anymore.
0: That just kills me. I was hoping the Kraken were going to be purple. The
1: Kings... The Kings, I'm kind of... I don't know. I've always kind of been partial to the, like, silver, white, black look for the Kings. I think it's pretty cool. I do like
0: that look, too. Yeah. But,
1: like, the Ducks, man. The Ducks! Such a good look. Their current look so lousy. And they know it! They know it!
0: Yeah. I'm hoping they... They kind of bring back that old uniform. Also, speaking of, like, old retro uniforms, I believe... Who is it? Um, Mitchell and Ness? I believe it's Mitchell and Ness. They're now going to be producing like... official like throwback uniforms for the nhl
1: yes now. thank god because the throwback thank uniform god. quality under fanatics has been it's terrible abysmal like there's bernie yeah. Perrant and bobby clark jerseys out there right now that look like the current flyers jerseys they just look so average they don't look because there's a specific more of like a, a reddish orange that the mitchell and ness ones that they used to produce have and like they do shit like they have the tie down in the back of the jersey and stuff in fact the one that hangs behind me when I do the podcast is a Ron Hextall 80s Mitchell and Ness one, which doesn't fit me very well, but it's awesome. The details are fantastic. And I know fanatics bought Mitchell and Ness, right? And people are worried about getting fanatics quality at Mitchell and Ness prices. Obviously that's concerning, but I haven't seen any degrade in quality since Mitchell and Ness took over. So I feel pretty good about this personally, and I'm excited.
0: Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah, I remember when I got my um, vintage Paul Korea jersey. It was like it I had to go on like some random website online and like luckily it, it came out perfect. It's like awesome. But I had to spend like four hundred dollars on it. So like now I imagine it it'll be like the typical Price of a jersey, and it'll be good quality. I hope, hopefully. Yeah,
1: I hope. But that, that should be good news. I, I'm hoping that's good news. I got a lot of skepticism on Twitter over this one, and I'm I'm hoping that Mitchell and Ness, a fine Philadelphia company at that, will yes, you know, prevail at the end of the day with their their quality. Now, talking about some of the other big free agency moves, we talked about Carolina a little bit, getting Burns and Patchy ready. Are they a lock to win the Metro at this point? Like, I'd be very surprised if they didn't. I uh- I, I don't know if I'm ready to
0: say they're a lock. Just because the like, like I hate saying this, but like the Rangers are really good. The Rangers are good.
1: I'm, 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 Shostak is so
0: good, dude. Like he's good. he's the kind but, of guy.
1: But they are so reliant on Shostakin. If anything happens to him, I don't know. That, that's true.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I would say like Carolina. I would say is like my personal
1: favorite. I don't know if they're a lock though. Okay, okay. Well, I, I put down 20 on him to win, so we'll see what happens there. All right,
0: on that, go, go Canes. Go Canes, there you go. <laughs> Let's go.
1: And then I think one of the most fascinating moves was Washington giving up on Sorokin. They just were like, eh, we don't care, and they signed Darcy uh, uh, Kemp Samsonov. Samsonov, that's Samsonov. right. I'm sorry, Sorokin, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Samsonov, oh, these names. I'm really curious about that move. So, like, I like Darcy Kemp. Like, obviously, he just won the Stanley Cup, yeah. but, like, he's not the reason they won the Cup. No.
1: He played, like, Fine. Like, Francois stepped cup. in for, what, three, four games and was really yeah. good, too.
0: And it's not like... It's not like... Like, Kemper's not a game-changing goalie. I think he's, like, an average, at best, like, slightly above-average goalie. Um, and maybe I'm just, like... Maybe I'm kind of undervaluing him a little bit. But, like, I don't know. I, I He's not someone who is going to, like... It's not like they're getting prime Braden Holtby back. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like, this is a team I feel that, like a lot of Caps fans think they are.
1: Yeah, well, I, he does have some good... I don't know. I, I've i seen mixed things on this, where I didn't think he was that good, but then I've seen some numbers that say he might have been really good over the past few years. Yeah. But it also... You know, you got Kale McCarr and, uh, you know, bargain basement Devin Taves over there. I still can't believe yeah. they got him for nothing. But, like, Colorado's a really great team. And... I don't know, Washington is a team that, much like Pittsburgh, has been on the decline for a few years. They still have a lot of fight in them, don't get me wrong, but they've been on the decline. So, Kemper, this is going to be a real good test of just how great his value is as a goaltender.
0: Yeah, a Caps fan of mine reached out to me like, yo, how should I feel about this? And I'm like, "It's he's a good goalie. He's not going to, like, you, you guys aren't, you guys are still going to be fun to watch and you're still going to win a lot of games. You're probably not going to win the Cup. Basically. It was like, oh okay. Yeah. So I I feel like that's like the best way to describe the signing. It's like it's good he's gonna be good for them and they're still gonna be good and that's pretty much it.
1: Right. And I feel the same way about that. But I, I thought that was one of the more fascinating signings out there, and then Samsonov went to Toronto. Sorokin's the Islanders goalie. I get it now. I understand how hockey works. Oh hockey. Who's the Avalanche goalie now?
0: I forgot.
1: Oh, they traded for... Oh,
0: uh, Georgiev. That's it. That's
1: going to be interesting. That's an interesting move, too. So now they have
0: Pavel François and Alex Georgiev. So I'm curious to see if François is going to be, like, the guy or if they're going to let him battle it out. Here's the beauty of it, though, for the Avalanche. They're so good that it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Like how... Like, I mean, they can't put me in at goalie. That would be a disaster. But, like... They're good enough where as long as they have, like, average goaltending, they're going to win, like, 80% of their games.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, then the last big name out there at this point is Nazem Kadri. Kadri. I'm going to say Kadri at this point because I don't give a shit anymore. I I like like It just rolls off the tongue a little better, right? But Kadri's still out there. He's the last man standing, the last big name out there. And is he going to go back to Colorado? Is he going to go? I heard Calgary put a what's going on in Calgary that everybody wants to get the hell out of town? Oh, oh, actually, you know what? Well,
0: first of all, I don't know. And I also wanted to say this earlier about Calgary. Like I'm a little annoyed that like also the flyers and and this is so easier said than done, but like, God, I would have given up so much to get a, um, Matthew Kachuk.
1: Oh my God. I love him so much. If the flyers aren't even willing to clear a little cap space to get 115 point scorer who no, wants to be They're here. definitely not doing they're that. They're definitely for a job. yeah, they're yeah. you know, why would they do that? Why would they do anything?
0: But, god, if I was the GM, I would go after him so fast. Oh my god. Um all right, so you said like the only main guy left is Nazem Kadri and you know what, Steve? You're actually wrong. Oh wow. There's there's a few uh superstar players left out there that could uh really Guide a team to a Stanley
1: Cup. Oh, I'm excited. I don't know where you're going, but I'm excited. So, first of all, P.K. Subban. Uh, Ah, well, I was going to say it makes me sad that he's (laughs) still out there, but I think this dude was at a party with, like, Mehmet Oz the other day, so, eh, screw Oh, he's fine. Yeah, no, he's fine. He actually, what I I said in the Slack is, I bet P.K. Subban Subban doesn't even know that Oz is running for Congress in Pennsylvania. I bet he has no idea.
0: Yeah, I feel like one of two things, like, I feel honestly, I love, like, I love Subban. I feel like what could happen is like he retires and he just goes to ESPN. He's got to, like, like, he's a
1: perfect person. We talked about this before. He's a perfect fit. Like, they better pre-sign him like Tom Brady. Yeah, I would definitely do that. So,
0: PK Subban, he's out there. You know who else is out there?
1: Who's that? Phil. Phillium, the Thrillium Kessel. Oh, Phil the Thrill. You know what? If we're going to get fucking weird, bring in <laughs> Phil Kessel, bring in <laughs> yeah. Mr. Hot Dog. That would be, I think, one of the only redeeming things that they could do at this point. And believe me, he does just about as much on defense as James Van Riemsdyk. Okay. It ain't a lot, but James Van Riemsdyk, he's going to put up some goals. He's going to be fun. Get us Phil and it'll piss Penguins fans off.
0: Yeah. It would be really, really funny. You know who else is out there, Steve? We have uh, – and th- listen, this guy's been elite for so long, and I'm amazed that no one is even touching him right now, even sniffing him.
1: The one and only, Louis Erickson. Oh, wow. That's a guy oh, wow. who I used to really like. Like, I thought, oh, that's a big body, probably scores goals. Like, yeah, I trade it. I would trade for him in NHL games because he'd be a big body. i could get thrown in front of the net and crash the net and everything. And that guy – He's just had a stinky Chris, stinky. So
0: okay, so there's two more guys I want to mention. One of them I'm like actually kind of like a little stunned that he's not signed right now, and that's Nino Niederreiter. Like
1: that one's a weird like one. Him. Yeah, I like Nino too. Yeah,
0: I'm surprised. I feel like he should be on a team. Well, you know who ain't then signing then him? Finally... The
1: Philadelphia Flyers, because he's too oh, teeny yeah, tiny for the Flyers. We
0: don't like little guys here. And Steve, I did not forget to mention. The crown jewel, honestly, of the... People are talking about Johnny Goudreau, and listen, I love Johnny. Philly boy, how can you not love him? But he doesn't hold a candle to this guy. Hard-hitting, solid defenseman. They call him the body bag, for God's sake, Robert Hack. Body bag!
1: He's available, he's out there, he's just ready ripe right for the taking bring him home chuck you know who needs to play cam york on this shit show of a team keep cam york in the minors play body bag hag on that third line on that third pair oh bearing. my god
0: you know you know who else is available is michael raffle too
1: oh bring him home i i like yeah. raffle more than half the guys on this team i would play oh yes i do are you shitting me i would play michael raffle over nick delorier in any situation
0: Oh, absolutely! Like Raffles actually like a good bottom of the lineup dude. Like he's not—he doesn't really move the needle at all. But like, I, I like Michael. I would—I definitely like Michael Ruffles, That guy so. fucks. I
1: don't know. Oh,
0: Debs definitely. And then, uh—
1: <laughs> that, you know, I'm really like getting out there if I'm saying this guy fucks all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, you know, fucks. I bet he does. I bet he does. You, I, he does. Well, I yeah. know he
1: does. Well, you know, clearly fucks Cutter Gauthier. Oh, yes he does. Yeah, he clear like with a name like Cutter, how can he not? What we discovered the other day is that his name is William Cutter Gautier, but uh, according to his Wikipedia. According to his Wikipedia, William Yeah. But apparently his name Bill Gautier. Apparently Cutter came from a Swedish cookbook.
0: That's kind of cool. Which
1: is great. I love that. His grandmother found it in a Swedish cookbook. <laughs> I think the only other Cutter I've ever seen before is Lenny Dykstra's son. And I'm pretty sure he's named after a pitch.
0: I feel like. Cutter could also come from an English cookbook too. Like. I'm sure in an English cookbook somewhere it says, yeah, go to the cabinet and get a cutter and cut. <laughs> some butter. Uh, well, regardless. Not a knife, not a knife, not a knife, a, a cutter. A cutter yes.
1: <laughs> but apparently cutter Gautier, his name came from a Swedish cookbook that his uh, grandmother looked at, which is great. I love that. He's, this is one of the only guys I'm really, I'm excited for a few guys, right. But like guys that aren't on the roster right now, I'm excited for yeah. cutter. I'm excited for Forrester. I'm excited for, um, for Zay for, for Zay- Zay- wisdom. Zay- wisdom. Yes. That's yeah. what i was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know he's probably not going to be like, an amazing like offensive talent or anything like that, but he's going to be f- definitely fun. Yeah. From what I've, well, from what I can You say.
1: don't need everybody. Like <laughs> the problem with the flyers is you don't need everybody to be an amazing offensive talent, but you need a few guys. You need one yeah. or two. <laughs> I agree. Oh, yeah. This team is so stupid. Just someone. What a stupid organization we root for. And you know, this season and maybe next season, if certain guys are here, I don't know how much I feel like rooting for the Flyers. so Maybe, maybe I want to join a bandwagon. Maybe you want to join a bandwagon, dear listener. And if you do, I'm giving you a pass. As a guy who's been a Flyers fan for over 30 years, I am giving you a pass to go seek other hockey opportunities while the Flyers get their shit together. So who should you root for? Who should you abandon the Flyers for? There's a few hard no's, okay? Most Eastern Conference teams, Right. You really can't root for the rivals, so I'm saying no on Pittsburgh. I'm saying no on both yeah, no. New York teams, New Jersey. None no of them. one that in shit. the Metro. Well, there are two. Well, except for I've got yeah, two yeah, exceptions. Yeah, only one. I got two. I got two.
0: Interesting. Yes, I only have one, but you know why. I know why you. And we're yeah. going to go through it alphabetically,
1: <laughs> but most Eastern Conference teams. I've got a few exceptions below. Chicago. I I'm putting. On the veto list, not only do they have an outdated name and logo that they need to update, but also they've done atrocious shit as a franchise that they need to properly pay for. And also they beat the Flyers in 2010. So, you know, fuck them for a number of reasons.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Chicago can just go straight
1: to hell. The Coyotes. Are you an idiot? (laughs) Like, I love their logo. I love Shane Goss bear. They're playing in a 5,000-seat arena, and they're just a loser franchise.
0: Are you an idiot? Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why, but I have, like, such a soft spot for the Coyotes. I think it's because they've been so bad for so long. Where it's it's kind of like the Browns. It's like, how can you hate the Browns? Well, I don't you hate the Coyotes.
1: Mean? They're like a three-legged yeah. dog. I feel bad for it, but, you know, <laughs> it can be they're very cute. I feel bad for it, but, <laughs> I, I, they, you know, it's not getting a lot done. I, I root for them. Yeah. They're, I root like, for the I'm three-legged a dog,
0: too. I shouldn't say I'm a bandwagon fan of the Coyotes because they're not a bandwagon at all. But like I do actively root for the Coyotes. All
1: right. So if you want to root for the Coyotes, you can join Ryan on his Coyotes crew. Yeah. The Coyote crew. Yeah, the Coyote crew. Ryan Quigley and the Coyote crew come into a 5,000. Quig's and the (laughs) Quig's Coyote crew. Yeah, Quig's Coyote crew come into a 5,000 seat college arena near you. Oh, boy. And then the other veto I have, the Dallas Stars. And it's nothing against yeah. the franchise in particular, but there's one thing we know as a fact as Philadelphia sports fan, and that's that Dallas sucks. Always. Dallas sucks. You can't deny it.
0: No. And, it, like, it literally sucks, too. Like, not just because the Cowboys are there. Like, that's a huge reason. But also, like, what good is
1: Dallas, Texas? Probably nothing. So yeah. Can't, yeah, can't think no, of that. Dallas is trash. Dallas sucks. Let's go through the rest of the teams. What what do we have left? Who is left? Well, there's the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks. They stink, but I love their I 90s. I also love league.
0: the Ducks. I love the Ducks. and I love Trevor Zeigler. Yes. So like I really like Zeigler and I like I don't know. I like the Ducks a lot. So I'm like low key a big fan of them right now too. I
1: enjoy the Ducks. They're they're bad, but I I enjoy them. I, I They might get better though. They might like I don't know. As long as you have a good
0: goalie, which they have, and like you would imagine Trevor Zegos will be better this year, which is hard to imagine. Like, I'm excited to see what kind of crazy stuff he does this year. So,
1: yeah. 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 We got the Calgary Flames up next. They lost Johnny Gaudreau, but they do have a Kachuk still, and they have some of the best jerseys in the league. They do. Future Flyer. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, right. Not, you got it. <laughs> Not until maybe you got to sweep a few guys out of the front office first. Oh my God. Yeah. A bunch of yeah. morons. Next up, we got the Colorado Avalanche. This is too easy. Okay. They won last year. They're the Stanley Cup champs, but they're a blast to watch. They got Nathan McKinnon. They got Kale McCarr. They, McCarr's oh, awesome. Oh my God. Like they, they're unbelievable. So, you know what? You want to go root for the Avalanche for a couple of years by all means, but I think that's a little too easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, but still, I, I like that. If they're not like someone where I'm like actively rooting, watching all their games, but like, yeah, I could see why someone would.
1: Yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets. I'd recommend against this as a Metro team, but good vibes. Johnny Gaudreau, Jake Voracek, Patrick Line. Patrick Linea has never been happier. He's wearing weird glasses and suits and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. But the cons: bad jerseys. They're in Ohio. And uh, as you've pointed out before, they're kind of an annoying franchise.
0: They are. I just, I don't know. I I just think the whole planet would be better. And I think that global warming would dissipate if the Columbus Blue Jackets were gone. (laughs) That's,
1: that's, that's a a hottest take I've ever heard. In fact, it's a globally hot take. World hunger gone. If the Blue Jackets fold. (laughs) I love the chip on their shoulder that Columbus has gotten because of the signing. like, Columbus is great. You'll see. You'll all see. No, it's not. It's literally not, though. That's the funny. Like, a friend of
0: mine keeps trying to tell me, like, you've never even been to Columbus. I'm like, yeah. Who would want to go there? I want no part of that state of Ohio. I could go. I could travel every inch of this planet except for Ohio, and I would die the happiest man of all time.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Next up. A, a one that you're familiar with the Minnesota Wild. How do you feel about the Wild for a potential bandwagon option? I, I like the Wild
0: but like I feel so bad for them because like the Kirill Kaprizov situation is mighty weird right oh, yeah, now. That's, it is that's super sketch. And it's so wild that is ha- like oh, like wow. so Minnesota wild really, that this is happening. You really that use like, the name as a, a dude, as an like, adjective. They fine. They finally get, like, a franchise cornerstone player. Like, for years, the best player of all time was, uh, what's his name? Miko Koivu. In franchise history, he was, like, the icon of the franchise. And, like, he was good, but not worthy of having his number retired. And, of course, they retired his number. And they finally get Kaprizov. And now, like, who knows if he'll be able to come back to the United States.
1: That's terrible, man. That situation. I Russia, feel so bad for them. Between yeah. Fedotov and Kaprizov, just absolute, just terrible situation in Russia right now. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Amon Smith's favorite franchise, the Nashville Predators. I, so I, I, I have a soft spot. I like that. I, I think they're one of the most unique fan bases in hockey. I think we need more yeah. fan bases like this. And they rock the yellow. I, I don't like yellow as a color, frankly. Uh, it's kind of a disgusting color to me, but, they rock it and they own it, which I yeah. appreciate.
0: Yeah. The good, it's the Navy blue yellow look is really good. And yeah, no, I'm a fan. I like, I like Nashville. I'm not going to be like watching their games probably, yeah. but it, like if I see them doing well, I'm going to be like, hell yeah.
1: I, I love Roman Yossi. I Roman Yossi is fantastic. But the problem with the Nashville Predators is they are, they're a defense first franchise. They live and thrive on defense. And you know, that's not the most exciting thing to watch in a hockey game, frankly. <laughs>
0: No, not really, but like they got Tanner Janot, who's a young guy, and then they got Philip Forsberg coming back, and so I don't know. Like I'm, I'm excited to see them this
1: year, and then they got UC Soros, who's pretty awesome. Yes, so. yes, absolutely. Next up, the Ottawa Senators, one of the few Eastern Conference teams. <laughs> I will give you a pass for here, and the reason for that is Claude Giroux. We want Claude Giroux to be happy. Brady Kachuk, Alex DeBrinket this is a fun team on the rise right now. You mentioned Stutzla earlier. Uh, Who's the guy that just uh, resigned to a nice deal? Was it Josh Norris? Josh Norris. Norris, Yeah. yeah. So they have some great talent. They're an up and comer. And they went back to their 2D logo because the 3D Senator head was a piece of shit. So that is definitely a team that, you know what? Even though they had a brawl with the Flyers like 16 years ago, I support you taking on the Ottawa Senators as a bandwagon franchise for now.
0: Dude, I might legit watch some... Senators get, Like a lot of Senators' games this year. Come out to the fly hyperbole really... Senators' watch party. Uh, so, so, all right. What are the odds that the Senators at Flyers game in November is the m- highest-selling ticket the Flyers
1: get all year? I would I bet my entire savings on that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think that's going to be not see... case. I might show up in yeah. Senators' gear at this point, because I'm not paying... I'll I'll wear my Giroux jersey. I'll wear my
0: Giroux jersey. I I don't know.
1: I might wear a black T-shirt. I'm not supporting the Flyers this year. I'll do a podcast about them, but I'm not. I'm not buying any Flyers shit for a while. But like the things that I already have, I'll keep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Next up, we got the San Jose Sharks. They are a mess. But Oscar Lindblom went there. Oski boy! we're gonna Hell miss. yeah, Oski boy! God, we're going to miss the hell out of our Oski boy. Just, I love him, man. What a guy. What a shitty way to treat this guy. But at least they did make a nice donation to a charity in his name. And at least, you know, he's still getting his money from the Flyers and he's getting a payday from the Sharks for half a million less than the Flyers bought him out for. What God. an amazing time to be alive. But, you know, I hope I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, that franchise kind of sucks, but I hope Oscar just crushes it. I hope he puts up like twenty five goals this year. Be fantastic. Next up, it'd be very yeah. Next up, the newest team in the NHL, the Seattle Crack. In cool logo, but they stink, and they have Dave Haxtell.
0: I, I'm not gonna. I like see the city Seattle. I've never been there, but I really want to go. They have killer whales there, and <laughs> and they February, do have cool. February Ryan. They do have a cool look and everything, but I can't root for that team until Haxtell's gone. <laughs> That's my only. Thing. I don't
1: have as much of a blood feud with Haxtell as most Flyers fans. You know, he hasn't windsurfed his way into my hate yet, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. The The windsurfing thing always
0: gets me. Like, I always forget about that until someone brings up windsurfing and then it,
1: I just it's die. It's the first time. thing I associate with windsurfing, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, the St. Louis Blues? Meh. They've got Braden Shen, they've got Craig Berube, but like as I've said on this program before, I could not have less of a connection to those guys from their time with the Flyers. And like right, at yeah. Barubi, I have a connection from being a notable Flyers goon back in the day He's great. Great Flyers goon back in the day. But like as a coach, like, ugh. and Braden Shen never made a connection with the guy. I don't give a shit. So the blues, if you want, go for it. Their throwbacks are cool. Shen won his
0: champ. Shen won the cup. Yeah. So it's over. I don't I officially don't Bo- care about both it. shens of
1: one cups. It's a, uh... Real stunner right there. Wild. Now you have next up on the list. I, I thoroughly disagree with this one, but you have added the Toronto Maple Leafs in here. <laughs> and you've added this basically for our favorite fan group, the NAKGB, Nicholas abe Kubel NAKGB. Fans. But also, I, I forgot to put this in there
0: too. Wayne Simmons too. Wayne Simmons is a good one. One of the best, actually. So like, I would love to see... And AKG NAK just like destroy the cup again and then Wayne Simmons like holding it because he deserves it. <laughs> it's
1: true. NAK just out here trying to be the new Pat Maroon. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. What if he is? He could be. He could be. That would be I'm wild. actually shocked the Flyers haven't tried to sign Pat Maroon again, to be totally honest with you. Like they yeah, because understand. they do seem stupid enough to think, oh, that's how we win a cup. We signed this guy and he just magically gets us to the Stanley Cup. And then I'm going to buy this Amazing. bag of magic beans. <laughs> Fucking guys, let me tell you. Next up, we got the Vancouver Canucks. Bruce Boudreaux, he smells food. That's pretty much all I got. But And, I, you know, I like the Canucks. That's all I got. Yeah, I like them too. Yeah. Again,
0: Killer Whales, the logo. Big fan of that. Yeah. And then, like, I do like Boudreaux, and I like, um, like, Petter... I have a a big affinity for Pedersen just because, like, he carried my team. Like, I took a risk on him last season in fantasy hockey. Someone dropped him, which I thought was insane. What? So I was, like, oh. I was like, okay. And so I picked him up, and then I knew he was going to turn his season around as soon as Boudreaux came in, and then he did. And he was, like, one of my X factors throughout the rest of the year. And then I won that championship in fantasy. So I owe it to Elias Pedersen to root for his team a little.
1: <laughs> you owe it to him. <laughs> I do. (laughs) Oh, man. And then we got the Vegas Golden Knights, which is, again, one that you're intimately familiar with. And I don't know. I I think that's going to be a note from Steve Dog. They've they've won a lot for an expansion team, and they've made a lot of dumb decisions in recent years and had to shed talent like crazy, just giving out talent like nobody's business around the league. And I don't know. This is a spoiled franchise already. I, I don't know if I can root for this.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, the Knights right now. They're doing some weird stuff and like the the flurry situation was weird. It was so um, disrespectful. I think they they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be good because they have Bruce Cassidy, but like I don't like Kelly McCrimmon that much. I think he seemed, he's doing some weird stuff, so yeah. Like I won't be mad if they're not great.
1: And then finally, we got the Winnipeg Jets, and that's a certified meh from me. Like,
0: Yeah, I literally never think about the Jets.
1: I don't think about the Jets at all. And talk about a franchise that needs to go back to their throwbacks. Current jerseys are so just incredibly bland, and their throwbacks are so gorgeous. Please wear nothing but throwbacks, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Bring them back, baby. That's what we need. Bring them back. On a final note, our good friend Kurt has pointed out that, you know, there's been some just terrible thefts lately with French bulldogs. And this is terrible news because obviously nobody wants their pooch pilfered. But as Kurt points out, this could have a simple explanation, and I think Flypurbly listeners, I, I I thought about Pooch pilfering a lot. I, <laughs> there is there is a another life, another timeline, another dimension where I just make ridiculous New York Post style headlines for a newspaper. That's my entire job. Of course, I I would love yeah. nothing more that if somebody wants to hire me to do that, I would love nothing more. But as i was saying, Flypurbly listeners might know exactly why French Bulldogs are being stolen. And It's not, you know, they're cute dogs, they're loyal, they're great companion animals, as they always say on the dog show. But the real reason is, they're incredible for measuring things. Okay? The French Bulldog height scale, it must be catching on. It must be. It's the only w- reliable way to measure height. Stacking French Bulldogs, and you see, 42 French Bulldogs is one Zidane Yochara. Oh my god. So don't steal French Bulldogs, okay? Frankie does not want to be stolen. He's too old to get stolen. He can't handle this shit. He's getting too old for this shit. Don't steal Frankie. But, you know, don't get get a tape measure, okay? I know French Bulldogs are a very easy way to measure something, wrangling them, stacking them on top of each other, but just get a tape measure, okay? I I implore you.
0: I love it when units of measurement are just very bizarre, like... (laughs) How <laughs> how many French bulldogs does that piece of steak weigh?
1: <laughs> weigh? Whoa, whoa, whoa! We've never used this for for weight. Now this is that's interesting. You know, see, a French bulldog could eat a steak within 13 seconds because they just scarf things down. And I had to give a French bulldog a Heimlich maneuver one time. It was a uh... oh god! He choked on his stupid kibbles and bits, and I had to like. Pressed down on his little belly till it popped out, <laughs> and then he went to go eat what he just popped out of his throat because dogs are disgusting. Uh, but it's, <laughs> that's a true story. Buster did that, and it was it was like one of the most traumatizing events for me. But Buster boy, what you doing, my uh, man? Buster, re- rest in peace, rest in power, Buster. Ha, oh, we miss him rest every day. But he, he didn't. By, by the way, he didn't die from choking on his food, as you might think. Just, just old for a dog, and shit happens. But. Uh, <laughs> Regardless, I would think uh, that's a, a bulldog and a half. French bulldog and a half. We're going with a weight scale for a steak. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Actually, that. Actually, that's, that's probably not good true good. at all. French bulldogs are usually like 20 pounds. If you
0: eat a 20-pound <laughs> steak, you're going to die. Don't challenge me, Steve. I,
1: By all means, my friend. By all means. I'll do it. Oh, my God. I'll add 20 pounds in one meal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we ended laughing. Because I started off furious. So I'm, I'm glad we get to end on. It's It really
0: is cathartic doing this,
1: especially at times like this. I've been furious. It's yeah, so... times
0: like these.
1: You learn to live
0: again. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.
1: <laughs> we, we started with John Taffer. We ended with Dave Grohl. Who would have thought we had so many celebrity friends here? Oh, man.
0: All friends of the show. Just, yeah. We all hang out. We all hang
1: out. Yeah, right. Elton John's in town. Maybe I could get him on the show.
0: Oh, baby. I'm
1: seeing him. Yeah. I'm seeing him. It's going to be good. Just talk to him after the show. Yeah.
0: I'm sure you have back backstage
1: passes. <laughs> yeah, videos. yeah. I could afford that. My flyperbole money. Well, no. Like, he gave them to you because you know each other personally. We, yeah, we're good friends. To the show. We're good friends. Well, he actually learned how to measure things using French Bulldogs from listening to flyperbole.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me
1: now. You got three Frenchies. You've got a foot long. <laughs> No, I can't do this. Oh my God. Okay. It's time to, it's time to, it is time to go (laughs) folks. I I hope that you've enjoyed our journey from anger to hopeful laughter. If you're not laughing, I, you know, I'm sorry I failed you, but I also don't give a shit. This is free, but folks, we do thank you for your support (laughs) and for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place to find us is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
0: You want to know where people can find me on Twitter? I want to know. Find Tell me. me the
1: truth. They can find they can find
0: me at Ryan Quiggs on Twitter. Oh, wow. You working on anything you want to plug
1: right now? Anything at all?
0: Uh, <sighs> not too much. <laughs> after, I don't after fucking this, know. After this dud of a free agency period, I might take a couple days to just... So I, I'm like inexplicably off for five days straight and i did not take those five days off so i think i'm just going to take these five days to just get back on a normal sleep schedule and and recoup you should go do that go see some nature go go touch some grass my friend yeah oh dude all right i real quick i went on a hike last weekend it was a five and a half hour long hike if you guys have never done um old rag mountain in western virginia you made that up
1: Old rag. old rag. There's no way. Old rag. There's no
0: way That's there's an Old track.
1: Rag Mountain. <laughs> Not a chance. Old
0: Rag Mountain. And it's like That's... the most beautiful view of the mountains you'll get. In that is from it's a song
1: that somebody made with a jump.
0: <laughs> it was that hike. It, it's all right. So you're supposed to do it clockwise. And we didn't know that. And we did it counterclockwise. And there's a portion of it where. Like if you're doing it the right way, you sc- it's a rock a bunch like an hour and a half. You're rock scrambling, so you're essentially rock climbing, and you're doing it for an hour and hour and a half going up the mountain, climbing rocks. We had to go down the rocks, and let me tell you, climbing up rocks is much easier than going down them while they're slick and covered in. Water. Oh, I bet. It was it was so sketchy. We were like, me and my friend, Steph, not Steph Driver, my uh, friend, um, close family friend. We were like, we thought we were definitely going to die that day. And we made it. So it's pretty amazing. So if you ever want to go hiking, go to Old Rag Mountain in Western Virginia. It's a good time. And it'll cause you to question your life. But yeah.
1: You better be careful on Old Rag Mountain. Boop, oh. boop. 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 <laughs> you gotta be careful on old Rag Mountain. Oh my God, old Rag Mountain! I can't believe you didn't make that up. That's phenomenal. And Ryan, I think we got to By the way, Better Call Saul is back. I think we got to work on another Better Call Saul oh, special. Oh yes, we do. It might, yes, it might, we do. I, I, I wonder if we should just do one in the coming weeks before the end of the season, or wait till the end of the season. Well, be on the lookout. We're going to do another one of those. We have a lot you know of fun with a- that. Maybe before like the second to
0: last episode. We'll Cause I feel like Maybe. at that point, at that point, I feel like there's still enough
1: questions that have been unanswered. Yeah, I think, and there's like so much hype. So I think we should, yes, do that. I think we should do that. All right, good, good. Be on the lookout for that. We'll work on that. We're going to be here with regular podcasts. We might take a week or two here or there. We'll see. But for the most part, we'll be having regular weekly podcasts as per usual throughout the off season. And who knows what we're going to talk about? I don't even know yet, but folks, it's always a blast. We treasure you all. Thank you so much for listening. You follow me if I or at. Oh, my God. at I almost forgot to do my own plugs for my uh, social media, uh, Instagram and Broad Street Hockey, PSH Radio, all that shit. I'm tired. I gots to go. But, folks, we love you all. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Skate! Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow.
0: Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance. Pure design. Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freakin' Rocks.